Hello, this is Augustus and Tony Corbett, and you're listening to the Marriage Minutes Podcast. Where we use biblical principles to enhance marriages and eliminate divorces. For the next 30 minutes, get ready for lots of laughing, learning, and loving. Hello and welcome to the Marriage Minutes Podcast with Augustus and Tony Corbett. I'm so delighted that you have tuned in to our podcast and I am excited to have my lovely better half with me. And I'm excited to be with my life partner, you. <laughs> Amen. So we um, have been away for a little while. Um, we haven't done a podcast in some time. We apologize for that. You, you know, everybody's been so very busy, Tony, um, working from home, sheltering in and all the other stuff that's going on right now. So much is going on, right? So much. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how many balls we're having to juggle, you know, just to make it through the day. But thank God he's helping us. Absolutely. So since we last talked, so much is going on in the area of racial justice or racial injustice, however you want to look at it. And fact, in fact, specifically, um, I believe we haven't spoken since the murder of Ahmad Albury. I don't think. I don't believe so either. The last podcast we did was on um, the COVID-19. Okay. Yeah. So since then, Ahmad Albury was murdered. We saw that on video. Um, hunted down like an animal. And shot three times with a shotgun. Yep. Um, and all he was doing, uh, from what we can tell, was jogging. And so, it, it, you know, that was bad enough. And then a week or so after that, we get word of Breonna Taylor getting shot to death as she was sleeping. Yes. Um, yes, And yes. that was horrible. And her, her boyfriend uh, was, her fiancé was charged with murder because these police officers... Officers, attempted murder. Attempted murder. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sorry. A police officer. Uh, the police officers barged in their house. They were not in uniform and started shooting, according to the complaint that we read. And he returned fire. He was he was registered. He had uh, a concealed weapons permit, I understand. And so he returned fire, hitting one of the police officers, and they charged him with attempted murder while his girlfriend is over there dead from eight bullet wounds. Yes. Uh, these cops handled this so irresponsibly and the community is really wanting to see them charged with murder. And so while we we're processing all of that, then we saw a horrendous video of George Floyd with Derek Chauvin's knee in his neck being choked to death for eight minutes and 46 seconds, Tony. Yes. Unbelievable. Just and it's something it's something I've never seen. I mean, for some reason, I kept telling you that this is different. All of them have been horrible. But that, listening to that man beg for his life. Now, we heard Eric Garner beg for his life. Mm -hmm. But we also heard this man just crying out for his mom. It was, it was horrendous. And we saw this officer kneeling on his neck, looking into the camera. With his hand in his pocket. Yes. A callous look in his face. And so needless to say, that shook the country. And the world. And the world. And in his in this case, you know, he was already handcuffed. 
I mean, it, it was just, there's so many just disturbing facts about it. That's why I believe it has just turned the world upside down I because agree. we just see the injustices right there yes. in our face. If you're going to be honest, it was an injustice that needs to be corrected. Yes. And now one of the things that it has done in addition to the protesting and the pro protesting is still going on some over two weeks later. And I hope it continues, quite frankly. That's, I do too. That's another whole conversation for another <laughs> day, right? Um, but one of the things, and this is why we decided to do this podcast, one of the things that seeing George Floyd's murder like that and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Albury in the context of so many other tragic killings of, of innocent, unarmed black men, it has caused a lot of anger in the black community and I believe especially with men, black men. And you couple the increasing anger with the fact that we are sheltered in as a result of COVID-19 and the economic issues that's causing for a lot of families. I can imagine the conflict that's arising in families and homes as they cope with all this pressure, all this stress. Um, and as men, I think especially are trying to figure out how to deal with this anger, how not to let it come out or be expressed in negative ways. Marriages are being impacted. Um, domestic violence has increased. And so we thought we would do a podcast on handling conflict in the context of a marriage or in the context of a relationship, especially. Right. 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 And what I what 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 I'm going to do in this in this podcast is I'm going to kind of lay back um, and let you um, do this because this is kind of your expertise. This is where you are. You, you, you have advanced degrees in this in this type of thing. And so I want to hear from you. Um, I'll jump in and chime in. Um, I will admit to, to get the conversation started. Once again, I'm one of those black men who was angry at all the injustices that I was seeing. Okay. And I told you that we talked about it. I, right. I was up front. I am angry. And not only you, but, but most men, I mean, we are human and that is a human emotion when we see some injustice like this to be angry. So that's not strange. Don't think it's strange, men out there who would listen to this, to feel anger. Anger is is a legitimate emotion that we have, okay? Well, well I, I mean, yes, and that's one of many things that I'm sure you're going to share with me, share with us. Um, and so I'm going to let you minister to us. I, I want to just kind of sit back and maybe just facilitate the conversation, you know, maybe ask you questions at key points. Uh, and by the way, when I said I was angry, I had been angry. I want to make sure everyone understand now. It didn't cause me to do any kind of commit sin and, and, and get violent or anything like that. Because, because one of the things that I do, and I think you're going to talk about that, is I talk with you about what I'm feeling. Right. You know, and so we sat down mm -hmm. and we talked about it and we see so many other men 
dealing with this same anger. Yeah. And unfortunately, they don't have a lot of times anyone they feel comfortable talking to. So, right. And we hope. Take it away. We hope to change that. But yes, today, so we're going to be talking about handling conflicts. And I like um, Pastor Corbett just said, this is real appropriate, I believe, because of everything that's going on. There's a confluence of everything. We still got COVID-19 out there. We still got people dealing with economic yep. mm-hmm. uh, disrepair. You know, mm-hmm. their, their economic systems and finances have gone just awry. And then we have all of this injustices we see from the police brutality. So we will be talking about handling conflicts in your marriage. Yes. And just know that as an introduction to this, marriage is the fusion of two people. Okay. And in our case, because we are a Christian podcast, we believe in traditional marriage. So marriage between a man and a woman, two right. people. And also, we know that these two people may have different worldviews. They may have different attitudes when they first come together, may have different temperaments, different personalities. Um, In the beginning, they may even have political, different political views, parenting styles, etc., yeah, I mean, those political views may be differing throughout the marriage. It may right? be. It may be. Yeah, it may just stay. One is considered a liberal, the other conservative or Democrat or libertarian or whatever the case may be. It may stay like that. So you've got to learn how to get along even with these differences. And, and, then, and then sometimes two people marry of a different race, of a different culture, different ethnicity. Yes. Yes, it could be an African American marrying someone from um from Africa, you know, so it's a different cultural, even though same skin color but different cultures. So there can be um a myriad of differences when these two people hook up. So why is that important though? It's important because they're not clones. <laughs> okay. That's the important thing. You're you and I am I. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think you have to accept that initially. Okay. I'm not Augustus. Augustus is not Tony. We are two entirely different people. We are not clones. Okay. So whenever you have that, then there's going to be the opportunity for some conflict because okay. you're two different people. All right. So you're saying the fact that that two different folks are coming together and bringing all these differences together, there will be conflict. There will be conflict. I like to um, say it. As Jesus told us, his followers, he said, in this life, you will have tribulation. You're going to have tests and trials. Amen. So for the sake of what we're talking about, if you get married, you will have conflict. That's right. Okay. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. You will have conflict. Again, number one reason is because you're dealing with two individuals who are different. Well, let me, let me tell a real quick story. Um, I was uh, in the office of one of my professors many years ago, uh, one of my favorite professors, actually. And I, I didn't call her doctor something. Uh, I, I, w- I would call her name, but I don't want to. I didn't call her doctor. She had a, she had a, had a PhD. And I call her Miss, Mrs., M-R-S, Mrs., whatever. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, doctor such and such. She says, son, don't apologize. I work much harder for that MRS than I do the PhD. <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> that is really good. Because, and another thing, just know on, on the outset, marriage is work. And marriage is hard work if you're going to make it work. 
Yes. It is hard work. A lady um, back at um, the church in Greensboro told me this years before I even got married, that marriage is work. And she is so right about that, and I never forgot it. So you have to work at it in order to make it um, be successful. So even more work than to earn a PhD. Apparently. Even more, even more work than to get your educational <laughs> PhD. Yes, all that research you have done and all the papers you have written, it is more work <laughs> to keep your marriage intact than to get a graduate degree. Okay, so we're gonna define conflict. Conflict is to be different to be um, opposed or contradictory, it's a clash, it's a disagreement. So those are some of the, like, the synonyms and definition that we can use for conflict. Two opposing views, something contradictory is going on, there's a clash and there's a disagreement. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to talk about, um, on this podcast, like the causes of conflict. We're going to go over four stages of conflict that you and I came up with so it would be original yes and then we're going to talk about the consequences of unresolved conflict and then the cures c-u-r-e-s we probably won't get to all of that in this podcast okay. right? there'll probably be two parts right probably because um yeah saying that it sounded like a lot <laughs> and and by the way we you and i have been married a little bit over 32 years Last month, we celebrated 32 years of marriage. Yes. And, and to be transparent, we have dealt with our share of conflict in those 32 years. Yes, we have. To be <laughs> in total transparency. Absolutely. Yes. So, 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 yes, um, we've dealt with our share of conflict. But by the virtue, by virtue of the fact that we've been married over 32 years, we overcame all of that conflict. Right? Right. Exactly. And so we know a thing or two about overcoming conflict. Right. Exactly. And that's why we're able to share this with you all today. So the, um, the causes of conflict, we've already gone over one, is that you're two different people, two different genders, and you're not a clone of each other. So we established that. Another cause of conflict, though, that I like to bring out is selfishness. You know, just... One spouse is demanding to have his or her own way. And that, I mean, that selfishness slash stubbornness, you know, that's hard to deal with. So that can be another cause of conflict. Um, a third cause. But what about if both people are selfish? If both people are selfish, woo. Yeah. That That's going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope because we're talking um, hopefully a lot of different couples are listening, but if you are a Christian couple, then the word of God should be able to make some kind of headway there so that at least one person would say, okay, well, I know what the word says. So let me, you know, get out of my selfish ways, my selfish, um, thinking of demanding my own way and follow the leadership of the Holy spirit. That's what we would hope. Right. Okay. That's good. I mean, I think that is a big, 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 big point uh, to make uh, because uh, although we're two different people, two different worldviews, et cetera, et cetera, we should have a lot of similarity with respect to the word of God, right? 
Exactly. That's what has helped us. Right. Because the word of God would be the final say so. Exactly. Not my opinion, but you know I'm full of opinions. Yes. yes not you your are. opinion. You and know I'm you're full, full of, of opinions. Exactly. We're two strong minded people, <laughs> right? no question about that. <laughs> but it is the word of God. Yes. That settles the matter for us. Yeah, I mean it, it, once you show me in the word, that's that. Right. In the story. That's it. Forget my opinions, forget my feelings. Now, it may take me a minute or you a minute to get over those feelings, exactly. but the issue is settled in our heart, right? Yes, that's exactly so, right. So, yeah, the word of God is the final arbiter in in any conflict for believers. Right. And um, also, we have the, the, the Holy Spirit and we have the nature of Christ on the inside. On the inside of us. Yes. We're new creatures. Yes, so that if is we submit, so vital. That's so vital. So if we submit to our new nature, if we're being led by our new nature and by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, there's no conflict that should be insurmountable. I totally okay. agree. All right. Okay. So we've named two causes of conflict that Augustus and I have come up with. You're two different people. It could be selfishness. You know, the spouse is demanding to have his or her own way. Another cause of conflict could be one spouse is not giving the other spouse enough attention. And we know that can happen, especially in our culture, the American culture, where everybody is out there working, making a dollar, making it happen. We got to pay the mortgage. We got to climb the career ladder of success. You know, we got to do A, B, C, D. We got to keep it moving. Amen. And in that instance, sometimes a spouse can feel neglected that the other spouse is not spending quality time with him or her, or the husband could be, you know, we have the thing hanging out with the boys, um, or it could be the woman going to church all the time and neglecting home duties. You know, it can go either way. Go either way. So this is not, this is not gender specific. No, no, definitely not. Okay. It can go either way. The man not giving the wife enough attention, the wife not giving the spouse enough attention. And one thing that we have done in our marriage, we have always had date nights, you know, That's right. we always would have date nights with help that helped us right? so that we would not feel like we we're being neglected. Well, I tell you this, since we're empty nesters now, every night is a date night. Yes, every night is a date night now. You said that like you exhausted. <laughs> yeah, three months of a date night every day. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Another cause of conflict can be money problems. And, you know, I think research used to say that that would be the number one reason that couples would split up because of financial challenges. So that is something real. And it's something that couples need to pay attention to. Not having enough money to pay bills would make any marriage distress just hit a high. Yes. I mean, if you had going to sleep, how are we going to pay this? This bill collector calling, how are we going to take care of this? The baby need new shoes. You know, it can go on and on and on. So and with this COVID-19, you know, there were 35 to 40 million people unemployed. Yes. So can um, you imagine the stress in homes? Yes. The conflict is increased yes. just over finances. Just over finances. So you guys. And, and, and life continues. I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you. 
you know, stuff still breaking down, stuff still need to be repaired, exactly. stuff still need, still need to be restored. And let, let me just throw something in here on this point, Tony. I, <clears throat> in a marriage, Christian marriage, the, I think the husband has to take responsibility in this area, okay, when it comes to the finances, the money problems, because the husband is taxed by God of being the provider, okay? Yes. So mm-hmm. if there are money issues, you got to start with the with the father, right. with, with the husband, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, and 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 um, and in our situation, we went many years dealing with financial problems. Yes, many years, mm-hmm. and the reason for that was primarily it was me, and the reason I take I'm fine taking responsibility for that. First of all, is because God taxed me with being the provider of the family. But second of all, man, when we got married, I had one thing on my mind and that was winning the whole world for Jesus. Yes. Winning the world for Jesus. That's it. I don't care what kind of, (laughs) what kind of sacrifice that make. If you weren't willing to make those sacrifices with me to be in the ministry and for me to be full time in the ministry and so forth, then you weren't, you weren't spiritual or something. Right. You right. know? So, so yes, I, early in our marriage and for many years, because of my zeal to, uh, for ministry, uh, my family was put behind the ministry. I put the, I put the family behind the ministry. And I will never forget the moment that God got my attention with that. I, I, can, I, can, I can go back to that moment and see that moment as clear as day. And we were at church um, and my son, Caleb, was getting some water out of the water fountain. And I looked at him and he had on some real high water pants and some sort of, sort of some overturned shoes. And it hit me right there. That moment hit me, it broke me down. I knew in that moment, looking at my son, that I had put ministry above my family. Wow. And it was at that moment I decided to make some changes. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the men have to take responsibility for this. You, You got to because that's your job. It's your job to provide for the family. If there are money issues in the family, you can't look to wife. Um, you can't look to somebody else. You got to look to yourself. And so what we did now, after that, I, I told you, I talked to you. I said, hey, I see where I have been off on this right here. Uh, isn't it a real noble idea to want to win the world for Jesus and getting people saved, but your family suffering? That, that's that, you know, I was okay with that for a long time, but, um, but I had to make that change. Now the change didn't come immediately because after I got that revelation, the thing the Lord put on my heart to do next was to become an attorney. Right. So I Mm -hmm. had to go to school three years, right? Three, three, three years in law school. And during that time, um, we, you know, God was providing. We didn't, you know, have, we didn't suffer. I think the revelation that he'd given me had really, the Lord says, okay, now that you got this, 
I'm going to begin to open some doors for you financially. Right. And mm-hmm. so I got in law school, graduated, could not have done any of that without your help because law school is very demanding, very taxing. Very demanding, yes. Um, and all you do is study all the time. There's no way most people can hold a job down or any of that. Um, but I was getting some scholarships and some loans and so forth. And remember, so, I was able to get a higher paying job as well. Right, so exactly. So that, that helped out when we left um, the area and moved eventually to Durham. Right. Ex- well, Wake Forest, right? I mean, I went to the work in Durham, but oh, yeah. yes, living work- in Wake Forest. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and then once once I graduated law school, you know, things have been much different. Uh, um, so, but I had to come to that realization. If there's conflict in the marriage, all my point is, if there's conflict in the marriage over finances, husbands, you must take responsibility for that. I I agree. Okay. I agree. And you did, you did. And so thank God we were able to work through all of that because Personally, I didn't see it. I was on board with winning souls and ministry minded and all. It was just the finances. That right. that was the issue. It yes. was the finances. Yeah, but something just hit me when that day, that moment, when I saw our, our youngest child. Right. Uh in that in those high water pants. Those high water pants just stuck out to me for some reason. Right. I'm like, man, I am neglecting my family for ministry. I mean, we were below the poverty line. Yep. Well, definitely. Mm-hmm. I remember we were below the poverty line. People getting saved. People getting filled with the Holy Spirit. That's right. The ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. But you and me and our kids were struggling. We were definitely using a lot of our finances to make sure that the ministry went on and, you know, was able to operate. Yes. And all of that. And it caused some conflict. Right. Absolutely. You were you were okay with it, but at the same time, as a wife, um, come on here. What's up? You know? Uh, I'm sure you took that frustration a lot to the Lord and you would be in the dutiful wife and so forth and so on, <laughs> but but it definitely still caused conflict. Right. Well, thank the Lord, those days are behind us. Amen. I got my priorities straightened out. And I didn't have to become an attorney, right? Right. The, the thing was just getting the priorities straightened out. Right. Amen. Amen. Very good. So money problems, um, not enough money to pay bills or unemployment of a spouse or underemployment of a spouse or one spouse splurging on money. You know, you have some spouses that know I'm going to get me this new pair of shoes, this new Louis Vuitton pocket. Uh, purse and all of that or the couple could just not um, develop a budget you know that can create the money may be coming in exactly but it's mismanagement another uh, cause of conflicts between um, married couples could be allowing outside people to have too much say so in their marriage yes friends that's a big one families in-laws i mean once you get married you are marrying your spouse and you should be very tempered in how you allow outside influences to come in and know the intimate details about your marriage. Exactly. You know, because they could really, everybody doesn't have the right motive. Everybody doesn't know the word of God. 
Everybody doesn't have um, uh, wisdom from on high. They're just using earthly wisdom and they could give you bad advice. Does, so, that, does that include in-laws? Yes, I said in-laws. In-laws, friends, oh, okay. or families. Yeah. Definitely. Does it tend to come from in-laws a lot? That sort of... That's that, been the thing down through the years. They would say in-laws, you know, meddling too much in their um, sons or daughters' marriages. And, and I'm sure that's why the, the Lord says, for this cause shall a man leave, leave. his mother and father and cleave, and cleave. to his wife. That. To me, that sounds like the, the the wife or the husband becomes priority over the in-laws. That's scriptural. That is definitely scriptural. And the in-laws, they need to understand their place. You are no longer now, you're not the priority in your son or daughter's life. It should be his or her spouse. Amen? Good. Okay, and also it can be conflict, can be caused on how to raise and discipline the children. You know, we've seen that down through the years. One um, spouse is more lenient. The other spouse thinks, no, we need to be more disciplined with this child. And so the child will pit one parent against the other, you know, and trying to have his or her way. That can cause conflict in a marriage. Do, do we tend to see that? Do, do we tend to see that a lot in blended families? Definitely in blended families. Because the child can be thinking, well, you ain't my mama, you know, anyway. My mama told me A, B, C, D, you know. And then a lot of times the parent who, you know, they've been divorced, so they've married someone else, they can feel guilty of the divorce. So they're going overboard trying to accommodate that child, you know, who now lives with the ex-spouse. So it's a whole, um, a lot of things going on there that can cause conflict when there's a blended family and when you're trying to discipline um, children. Now, one of the things that I've seen with the blended families is when the, um, when, when the parent is sort of overprotective of their biological child from the step-parent, right? right? So they brought a, they brought a child into the marriage and for whatever reason, they don't quite trust the step parent. So they are overprotective of the child they brought into the marriage and, you know, don't want the step parent discipline the child or, or, or so on. And the child picks up on that conflict. Right. He, he or she. He or she. And does. we'll play yes. and we'll play the other Definitely. one. Definitely. Yes. And then also, if the step parent is trying to discipline the child then the biological parents like, no, you don't put your hands on my yes. child. He's not yours. He's mine. And, I mean, it can go on and on and on. Exactly. With conflict. That's right. So you definitely, and what I recommend, and I know you do too, a lot of these things need to be talked out before you actually say I do. Right. I mean, you really need to have serious discussions right. about these topics right. and matters before you actually hook up right. in a covenant. Right. Okay, right, so it right, doesn't right. become a Total, surprise. Totally true. And that's probably the reason why statistically most blended families don't work as a, as in marriage. Right. And most of them end up in divorce. That doesn't have to be the case. That doesn't mean uh, blended families are doomed for failure. It doesn't mean that at all. But Not like at you all. said, talking these issues through and other things are are needed more so in blended families than, than non-blended families. Right, I agree. 
if if you didn't talk about it before and then the issue arise make sure and we'll get into this later um the communication to deal with it and deal with the head on and then i also have another cause of conflict could be ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends or now that we have all of this internet and social media going on it can be emotional affairs you know you hear more and more but no i didn't actually have any physical contact but emotionally you know the emailing or the exchanging of photos online that can cause conflict yeah actually all that's adultery according to the lord right right even if there was no physical contact exactly i agree and then we have just flat out infidelity where there is the physical you know full-blown um well, you think you think infidelity might cause a little conflict <laughs> i think it might <laughs> might cause a little something something <laughs> absolutely you better believe it <laughs> so those were just some of the causes that uh we had come up with um so be on the lookout for those things you know you would want to really try to avoid them um but if they do happen we're going to try to give you some some answers now, now what i realize as we're talking about this is with every one of these things that we just mentioned as sources of conflict and others that we didn't mention right we really could stay on those and do separate podcasts we're going over them really really fast because i'm sure there are folks listening who are saying no stay right there right there that's what i'm at mm -hmm. that's where my marriage yep. is that's what yep. we're experiencing um so yeah we don't intend to just teach it you know, in depth, um, but just throwing out some of the things that can cause conflict. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And if you do want to hear um, more, just let us know, just um, contact us and we can do a podcast. If you're really dealing with one of these um, issues, let us know and we'll definitely be too happy to dedicate a, a podcast to that issue. Okay. We're moving, um, moving on. And, um, I'm real excited about this next section where we have the four stages of conflict. Yes. You know, being a, a social worker, you know, you read all these different books, but this is Augustus and Tony, four stages of conflict. Yes. This is original. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like we said, we got enough experience. <laughs> so the four stages of conflict that we, um, are going to talk about and, and can, can we say because i keep talking about the conflict we've had can let, let's say for the record that we have and have always had a great marriage yes we have amen to that yes, yes we, i still enjoy being around you and i still enjoy you are my <laughs> best friend you i i don't know what i would do without you you know Praise god brought god. you in my life there's no question about that and so we have a wonderful marriage. We don't have a perfect marriage. I don't want to talk to nobody who says they got a perfect marriage. Amen. Because you, you're lying. Right. 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 I, I mean, perfect means no issues, no flaws, nothing. Just perfect. Right. I, I don't know if that's possible. Right. I'm sure some people say, yeah, yeah, we, we have. Okay. But I, if, if, I'm, if I'm around you long enough, I'm going to find something right. that makes that marriage less than perfect. Right. But I, I don't even think we have to shoot for perfect. You know? Mm -hmm. um, 
we can shoot for having a strong, godly Christian marriage, an enjoyable Christian marriage. And right. that's what we have, praise amen, God. Amen, amen. I, I totally agree with that. Because when you throw out the words perfect and perfection, I mean, that that is just going to another uh, realm of things. I think if you can... I'm Tony, you Augustus, but yet we love each other. We are committed to one another. Our marriage is based on the word of God. You know, that's what this thing is all about, in my opinion. Amen. You know, it really is. And so I think it's when you have the marriages where, um, because I heard one lady say, yeah, some people still married, but how many are happily married? Well, if you can say I am happily married, then to me, Bravo. 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 You get a hand. Praise you get a God. hand. And that's what we are. We are happily married to one another. N never been separated. Never talked about divorce. Amen. None of that. Amen. Never. It's never been uttered in over 32 years of marriage. Amen. Separation and I'm leaving you and I'm sleeping in the, we've slept in the same bed together with each other for over 32 years unless one of us was out of town or something. Right. Amen. Amen to that. Yes. So the four stages of conflict, the first stage that we want to go over is just casual conflict is what we call it. Yes. Casual conflict. That's just everyday common disagreements. You know, I, I know with the Gusses and I would be like, well, where you want to eat today? Because we were so known to go out to eat all the time. Right. You know. <laughs> Before COVID, right? Before COVID-19. Or um, another example could be just like, you know, you're trying to purchase new carpet for the, the home. What color the carpet is? What color car you want? You know, you're going to buy a new family car. What size house? Those are just some casual conflicts you can have that should be able to be settled pretty easily. Yes. Just some negotiating, just some compromising. Right. It shouldn't be earth shattering exactly. is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's just Cook what you day. want. Let's go where you right. want. On right. Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, we go to your, go to your restaurant of choice, your choice of restaurant Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, we go to ours. Exactly. Mine or something, you know? Yeah. So in this stage, in this casual conflict stage, you know, you can make the decision and once the decision is made, you move on. You know, it's nothing lingering, nothing festering. You made right. the decision. Let's keep it moving. Yes, that's good. Let me ask you, how many, how, what percentage of conflicts um, d does a marriage couple experience that would probably fall in this, in this, in this um, category, casual conflict? I know that's not something you'd contemplate it, but what would your guess be? I would, I would guess um, probably... A lot. Yeah. I would think a lot because it's everyday, right. everyday decision making. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and the thing is though, see, you got to keep in mind the capacity of both spouses to know this is just casual. Yeah. I don't need to take this to the umph degree. That's right. You know? <laughs> yeah. No point in hyping this up. And it's no point of escalating this. Right. So <laughs> as long as both people understand that and not mad because, well, I want a Chinese. Well, no, I want a KFC, you know, and, and staying mad for the next three hours over that. No, no, no. That's just a casual disagreement. Go to KFC tomorrow or whatever. 
you know, so it depends on where everyone is and in their capacity and their willingness to just recognize this is casual. Let's keep it moving. So, so, so much is coming to my mind as we talk about conflict. Um, you know, I just said that we've never slept separately unless we were out of town, which infers that we have successfully dealt with conflict. I mean, had we not known how to deal with conflict, we couldn't say that. Um, now, people, well, I don't want to, it's just, I, I, what I'm sitting here thinking is, when we come into the marriage, and you've already dealt with that, we come into the marriage from the homes that we were reared in. Right. We mm -hmm. saw the way our parents handled conflict, right? Yes. We, we learn from them how to handle conflict, good and bad. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. So, so, so with that in mind, a mere casual conflict can escalate needlessly. Yes. Is mm -hmm. that right? I mean, yeah, that's what I was alluding to. Okay. It depends on the spouse. Okay. You know, some people have a, what they call like a short fuse or something. And if they're not feeling like they're having their way, then they just can go off, mm -hmm. you know, or be triggered. Yes. Over from nothing. something that's unresolved from their childhood. Or something. Exactly. Or the way that they saw their parents handle things. Yes. Like you said, our environment, it um it influences the way that we handle things. Right. It can be for the positive or negative. If you don't know how to say, well, I saw my parents do that. I will not do that. Yes. Then that could be in the positive. But if you don't know how to to do that, then you're just going to replicate what you saw in your own home environment. So yeah, that's why I want us. That's why I asked that because. Um, I want us to 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 take our time with the, these different stages of conflict, um, because you know people listening bring all kinds of stuff to the table. Right, and then and another example when you know it's casual, at the end of the conflict, the disagreement, the argument, or whatever you want to call it, and the couple will look at each other and say. What were we arguing about? I mean, you don't even remember. It was so minor and so just something casual that should have been nipped in the bud that you got to say, I don't remember. Yeah, insignificant. It was insignificant, but yet it got hyped up over something real casual, just something every day that just somebody just went off. Yeah. So, so, so maybe uh, someone needs to develop the ability to say, now I'm handling this the way my mom is, would have handled this. My mom is coming out of me right now, or my dad is coming out of me right now. And I need to check this because exactly. I'm bringing this over into my marriage just because subconsciously this is what, this is the way they would have handled it. Right. You think that's right? I, I think that's exactly right. Yes. And that can be from somebody going off, you know, one spouse has the tendency to just escalate something that should have been de-escalated 
Or then you can have some um, spouses who saw their parents just internalize everything and wouldn't wow, say anything. That's good. That's good. And that's just good. would shut down. That's good. And that's not good in a marriage either. Just so to shut those down. two extremes, right? Those two extremes. Someone exploding and then someone sort of imploding or right. shutting just, down. Right. Internalizing it and just shutting down. Right. And so that's why we have to go back to the word of God, because we bring all this baggage into our homes from what we saw in the environment that we grew up in. And so we need, hopefully, the two spouses can communicate. I think there's one thing I I would say positive about our marriage, and you brought this probably more into it than I did. Just Just one thing? No, I'm saying, but since we're on conflict, oh, okay. I'm talking about. I'm, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I'm talking about the fact that you will bring up items to discuss. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you don't like to keep anything kind of just, just festering. Right. No, we got to deal with this. Right. You're the opposite. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm the opposite. No, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Yep. You know, but yep. you you can just you can just be like it's not happening. Right. You let know? me just let me just go on. I, I I compartmentalize. Yeah. I know that about myself. I can compartmentalize very well. But I'm just saying it's good when you have two people who can talk about these things and we're going to talk about that as some of the cures yeah so i don't want to get too okay. ahead of ourselves all right sorry but yes home environments and how you saw people um handle conflict would definitely come into your your marriage as well if you're not careful definitely so one stage of conflict is just a casual conflict okay you okay with that yes to move on? that's that's great yes okay and i don't know how we are on time um uh, we let's go another about ten minutes. Okay. So maybe after we finish doing construct, okay, the next level constructive conflict. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. I already mentioned it before you. No, did. that's fine. Okay. The the second stage of conflict um, that Augustus and I have defined is called constructive conflict. Now this conflict is a little more serious than the casual conflict, and it would need both spouses' attention. For things not to escalate. Okay. So it's a little more serious. It's going to call for both spouses to give their attention to whatever the situation is. However, with this type of conflict, now keep in mind, because it's constructive, it can really strengthen and enhance your marriage. Okay. That's good. That's good. You know, all conflict does not does not have to have a negative outcome. That's right. This type of conflict can strengthen and enhance your marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I have um, a quote from the book, Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti by Bill and Pam Farrell, page 121 of their book. And it says, successful couples, couples, Learn the secret of fighting for their relationship rather than against one another. That's good. Successful couples learn the secret of fighting for their relationship rather than against one another. So it could be 
a constructive um, conflict could be something like whether or not um, you need to take a particular job okay. or say, you know, mm -hmm. where you're having to, well, I think you need to take it. I don't think you need to take it, you know, that type of thing. Okay. But because it's, it's very vital to the family, both people need to come together, mm -hmm. talk about the pros and cons, mm -hmm. pray about it. And at the end of it, if you have a decision, that's going to strengthen your marriage because you are going to be in agreement with no, I no. now that we've looked at everything, I don't think this will be good for our family because we have small children. You don't need to be traveling, you know, um, three weeks out of the month. Good. Something like that. Good. Rather good. than you just, no, I'm taking this job. I don't care what you say, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Which brings, which brings two things to mind. Uh, with us, um, we never make, I, I'm, I'm the head of the family. You know, the word of the Lord tells right. us that. Right. Um, which means that I'm going to, I'm taxed with the responsibility of making the final decision. But you know, I don't make major decisions without your agreement. Right. Right. I, mm -hmm. I don't do it. Right. Because that's the way my pastor taught me, Elder Lockett, Otis Lockett, God bless and rest his soul, who's with the Lord today. But that, he stressed that. You know, if you if you married a smart woman, and we all should try to do that, marry someone smarter than we are. And I did that. So I'm going to respect, highly respect your opinion. So we don't make major decisions. There, there, there've been, there've been one or two that I can remember over the years. One of, one of which was, uh, uh, computers were just uh, personal computers were just sort of coming out. Yes, you love to tell this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and on my job, uh, I was a, I was a chemist, and we needed to keep a lab report and write stuff and different right. things. So I needed a computer, and it was like twelve hundred dollars. I'll never forget, I'll the never price forget of that. it. I'll never forget <laughs> that Mac computer cost twelve hundred dollars. That's right, and um, so this caused um, some conflict. Yes, um, turned out to be constructive conflict, but it was conflict. <laughs> and so your counsel was, no, we don't need no twelve hundred dollars computer. We ain't we ain't spending that kind of money for no computer. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. And I said, well, listen, I got to have this. Yeah, for you work. say I got to override you on yeah, this. Yeah, I got to just do this one. <laughs> and I'll take the responsibility <laughs> for it. So I went on and bought the computer, although we were not in agreement. And you came around. I mean, you, you eventually you were like, yeah, I mean, you obviously it was had worth that. it. Yeah, it, it, was worth it, it. It has paid off. It did, and it did pay off. Right. And you know, when you talk about that, I was reading um, Bishop Morton had a tweet um, probably in the last month or so where his son, you know, his son PJ is a magnificent magician and all of um, musician and all of that now. And he tweeted, he said, and just remember, just think, my wife, when I bought my son his first um, musical instrument, I think like a, what you call it, keyboard player, yeah. 
he said his wife was like, no, 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 that's too much money <laughs> to give him. And I forgot how old PJ was, but he was a young child. Yeah. And he said, now look at it today. Yeah. This has made him a lot of money. Yeah, I, and I, I thought about yeah. you and me with yeah. this uh, Mac computer. <laughs> I was like, no, we cannot afford a $1,200 computer. You know? <laughs> No, you're right. I, I read that too when Bishop Morton put that on when he tweeted that, and it made me think of the same thing. So, so and so in a couple of rare instances, I have just overridden you, and in a couple of rare instances, you've overridden me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's gone both ways. Now, the other thing that I want to mention, Tony, before we I think come to you know at least get ready to close because it's almost an hour. Um, is, and, and it's in the form of a question. So um, one of the reasons why this is constructive conflict is because when the two parties put their heads together and work this out, in some cases, doesn't it result in a, in a routine that will help eliminate conflict in the future? Yes. Yes, I think I think um, that's a great point because you can come to agreements. You know, you can have uh, verbal agreements where, well, I won't go and purchase anything above this amount of money without consulting with you. Okay. Or we won't do X, Y, Z without both of us being in agreement. Right. So you can really, it, that's why I'm saying it can really strengthen your marriage because you can um, develop some guidelines to help in the future because you're dealing with whatever the present matter is now. Okay, we have this on the table. Let's deal with this. And then let's establish some guidelines. So going forward, you know, it won't be a conflict because we already have an agreement on how we will handle it in the future. Good. So that that's why we came up with the um, category of it being constructive, constructive, yeah, rather than destructive. We're right. going to talk later about destructive type uh, uh, conflict, but right. constructive good can come out of it. Good can come out of it. You know, um, it can strengthen and enhance your marriage. Good can come out of that constructive type of conflict. So as we come to a close, it, the title of the book that you have been reading kind of caught my attention. Um, men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. So first of all, let me ask this. Uh, the spaghetti, is it is it cooked spaghetti or is it non-cooked spaghetti? Because if it's cooked spaghetti, then it's, then it's, then it's all palatable and, and can easily be, you know, reshaped but if it's the hard type spaghetti then you can't reshape it you only break it so I, but when i first read it i assumed that she was talking about cooked spaghetti that's what yes that's what i'm assuming too okay that they are referring to cooked spaghetti okay so then that means to me then that since men are like waffles which are hard right and women are like cooked spaghetti which is more malleable exactly and, mm -hmm. exactly so is that the point of the book that we are hard and women are soft and bendable and well, I don't malleable? want to speak. I don't want to speak on behalf of the authors, okay, what they okay. had in mind. But um, I do think they are bringing out the differences. You know, God made man the way He made man, which is different. 
from the way he made women. Okay. There is a difference. And I think the, the sooner that we recognize that, the less conflict we'll have. Okay. You know, I All can't right. expect you to act like a woman. God didn't give you the same hormones, right. you know, that yeah. he gave me. Yeah. And you wouldn't want me to be acting like a man, mm -mm -mm -mm. you know. Nope. <laughs> God new, gave us, new, God new, new. gave us different um, hormones. Right. And different roles. So there's going to be some differences. Like in your case, you are um, what logical very and, analytical, and all of that analytical and, to yeah. the nth degree, yeah, you yeah. know. And I'm like, yeah, I, I you know, like, well, why did you do that? I don't know why I did that, Augustus Corbett. Yes, yes, you know, I don't yes. know why. Yeah, because <laughs> I break something, I break something down in ten steps. Exactly. I'm like, no, I, my mind ain't going like that. Right. You know. Yeah, that's my. That's the way my mind is. <laughs> and now a lot of people think the opposite. A lot of people think that I'm very impulsive. And that's not true. <laughs> no, true at all. Not at all. I think Ask it through. Me and his children. <laughs> <laughs> So you're right about that, yeah. But yeah, we're more emotional, you know, beings and all women. When I say we, women, okay, you all tend to be more logical, analytical, you know, for the most part. Okay. And God being the creator of both man and woman, he knew exactly what was needed. Absolutely. And that's why there is the coming together of becoming one. Yes. That Amen. becoming... Yes. Is the operative word. You are becoming one. So that doesn't happen when you say I do? That does not happen when you say <laughs> I do. No, it does not. <laughs> the covenant is formed, but there's still that process. I think from the time that you say I do until death do you part, you are still becoming one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This has been good. So Praise we'll stop God. here, right, and do part yes. two next? We'll do part two next time. Well, you did a great job uh, talking to us about this. Well, thank you. I enjoy talking with you and um, about conflict and about marriages because we realize marriage is the bedrock of any society. And thank God we're praying that more marriages will succeed and not end up in divorce. Amen. So God bless you all. We enjoyed it. Y'all have a good one. Bye-bye.